You're listening to Financial Insights, a podcast that helps investors through the difficult maze of financial planning and saving for retirement. I'm Brian Ullman, and I'm a financial advisor and certified financial planner at Ford Financial Group. And together with some guests and other advisors at my firm, we're talking about the issues and questions relating to finance that face our clients every day. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, I appreciate you tuning back in for another week. We'll do another update this week like we've done these last few weeks, kind of reviewing what the market's been doing. We're recording this uh, Thursday on Thursday like we usually do. Um, It's the morning. The market's up a little bit today on some Fed news. Um, But I want to cover some things first before we get into the market stuff and then uh, some financial planning items first. If you missed our webinar earlier this week, uh, specifically on Wednesday the 26th, we reviewed the effect or potential effect of the election on markets. And so if you are interested in learning a little bit more about how this election might affect markets and how past elections have affected markets, it's a subject that we've covered a number of times on the podcast, and we we get a lot of questions about this these days from clients, as you might imagine. I would encourage you to email us at info at FordFG.com. We can pass along to you the uh, handout that accompanies the slides. So you can see kind of the charts and the breakdown of how past elections have affected markets. Um, So it's a timely topic and one that we get asked about a lot. And so this is something that we kind of want to cover for everybody. So if you're wondering, you can get this information. Uh, I will say that something that's different from the last webinar that we did is we recorded the last one. Uh, We weren't able to record this one. So we still have the handout. uh, And if you want to dig in with one of our advisors on the election 2020 and uh, effects on markets, I would encourage you to reach out to one of us and we can kind of review things with you, even though we don't have a replay for you. The other thing I wanted to cover, and I wanted to do this in the very beginning of this podcast, is that I'd like, if you're a client of ours, I'd like for you to keep an eye out uh, for communications from us here in September as we get into Account View 2.0. Account View is the website that we use that you can uh, check in on your investments, log into your account, just like you do with uh, remote banking and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, one of the things with Account View 1.0 is that we didn't have a, re- a functioning app that allowed you to check from your mobile devices, your iPad, your iPhone, your Android phone, and so on. Uh, so we have, we have an upgrade that we're very pleased with uh, that's Account View 2.0. It's going to require us to migrate from one to the other. And so what you'll you'll hear from us on is if you are already signed up for account view, we will work with you to get you migrated over to the new account view, the 2.0, that will then allow you to download the account view app and you can view your investments in near real time. Um, there's a little there's a delay on quotes in there for for the performance of your investments, but you can Check in on what's going on with your investments in in closer to real time, and probably as real time as anybody actually needs. Um, but to see what's going on, and you can see uh, the adjustments that we may be making in your portfolio for you, and you can see the performance of those investments and and so on. Uh, really, an important step, I think, as we as the world has gone more digital. We, you need to have this kind of access readily available. Now, this comes as a double-edged sword, right? The, this instant access and always-on access to your investments, much more real-time than logging on through our website, 
to access account view, or even waiting for your monthly or quarterly statement, it gives you real vision into what's going on on a moment by moment basis. And so that has can have the effect if you're checking too frequently of causing you to freak out and maybe make some bad choices when markets are both going down and going up. Um, I, I find a lot of times uh, when people are routinely checking on their investments, it appears as though they're not doing anything when they feel like the market should be, as the market's moving higher, they feel like their investments should be moving higher more quickly. Um, but I'll remind you of the old saying, a watched pot never boils. You know, in investment returns are, it's, it's growth plus time <laughs> equals, uh, you know, wealth creation in a portfolio. And so, Things don't happen overnight, so I would caution you on that. And then also, when markets are going down, it's easy to want to check in if you're watching the one of the morning news shows or one of the evening news, and they you know the, they are oftentimes reporting on what markets are doing. I have find that the reporting. I'm not a media basher, but I find that the reporting on what the market is up to is only relevant when the market's going down. Right? If it bleeds, it leads. So you get much more coverage of what's going on with markets in February, March of this year versus what's going on now as certain indices are hitting all time highs. So. Um, I'm excited that we have this new account view option for everybody and this app. I'm, I'm all about mobile and digital and, and all of that stuff. I would just say approach this with some caution uh, because, you know, it, it can sometimes lead to angst or bad investment decisions. Of course, we're here to walk through your investment decisions with you, um, but I want to caution you on that as well. So let's dig in and talk a little bit about what's going on right now. As I mentioned earlier, it's Thursday the 27th, so as we record this, uh, markets are actually moving higher. Stocks opened lower on the day after four straight record high closes for the S&P index, and they were showing a bit of fatigue. Uh, really, the story of the day is Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell's policy speech this morning from Jackson Hole, Wyoming, uh, which, is, which is really the focus of markets today. Uh, Powell essentially outlined a more dovish approach to inflation fighting from the Federal Reserve. Uh, and so I think that can be subject. We can dig in uh, in another podcast of what that might mean for everybody. But suffice to say, that's really what's driving markets. And at, even as I record this, the Dow is up more than 200 points or nearly 1%. S&P is up almost a half of a percent. So we're continuing to move higher. Um, the 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 large mega caps or indices are really the ones um, doing well over the last week where small caps, the net Russell 2000, are essentially flat as I record this over the last five days. Let's check in with jobs for a second. We do this or we've done this the last few weeks. Jobless claims uh, were reported today and have fallen, although they remain over a million. So the filing for initial jobless claims so the filings for initial jobless claims came in at 1 million for the week ending August 22nd, which is roughly in line with expectations and down about 100,000 from the week prior, according to the U.S. Department of Labor. Continuing claims for the week ending August 15th, as you remember, they're reported with a one-week lag. Uh, they reported marginally above expectations at 14.5 million, but down about 220,000 from the prior week. Still high claims, elevated unemployment and fading stimulus support the case for, for more stimulus really coming from Congress and suggest a, a kind of a gradual recovery ahead of us. Economic data is blowing past expectations. Uh, the city economic surprise indexes for the United States and the Eurozone remain at near record 17-year highs, indicating that the respective economic recoveries continue to surprise to the upside. 
This data is a positive earning signal, really, and suggests that these economies, with help from potential vaccines, perhaps, uh, may recover uh, lost output in 2021, which is actually earlier than I think some have anticipated. I mentioned the eurozone. Uh, new highs are glowing global here as markets surge higher, amid strength from U.S. and Chinese equities, and even modest improvement in Europe. The MSCI All Country World Index set a new all-time high on Wednesday, yesterday, the 26th, uh, which it just 109 trading days from the March low. So while much of the discussion in equity markets have been around the strength of the U.S. market, the risk appetite for global equities have also risen despite, a sl- despite sluggish economic growth. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit uh, later on our blog. So if you go to FordFG.com slash blog, we'll have a post at look- that looks at the early stages of the global bull market. Um, and you can find that uh, here on- at later this week. Let's check in with a technical update also. As we've noted in the past, new highs are often accompanied by more highs and fueled by a 2% surge in the tech sector. The S&P 500, the NASDAQ Composite, and the NASDAQ 100 each set another new high this last Wednesday, the 26th, while defensive sectors have continued to underperform. Momentum appears here to be accelerating as new all-time highs were also accompanied by a fresh recovery high. Uh, in the relative strength index. So we're now looking for former highs at 33.93 to set a short-term level of support on any pullback that we might have. It's not a weekly recap if we're not looking at COVID-19 news. Uh, The pace of improvement in new cases and hospitalizations slowed last Wednesday, uh, but remained steadily lower. New cases fell 4.1% week over week, while the seven-day average dropped 12.6%. Hospitalizations also fell about 8% compared with the week prior uh, after declining by double-digit percentages in nine of the last 10 days, and that's according to the COVID tracking project. I think very importantly, and this really has my interest, is that Abbott Laboratories received U.S. authorization for a portable COVID-19 test that can deliver results in 15 minutes and costs only 5 bucks. This kind of quick, cheap, accurate testing uh, can really be one of the first stages to come to speed up the recovery um, while we wait on a vaccine for everybody. We're looking potentially here, according to Bloomberg News, uh, at perhaps even 50 million tests in in September or uh, October, depending on how quickly they can get these tests manufactured. They're looking at being able to manufacture 10 million tests on the first run. So I think... If this really has some legs to it and if this story uh, turns out to be true, uh, what we're looking at is a huge ramp in testing where if you think about it, you know, if you're going to go visit your family at Christmas, everybody can get tested right before you leave so you know you can hang out with your family members without getting sick. You know, this is going to let people move around more often and more frequently and with one another, um, perhaps kids at school, you know, as you have these tests that are able to demonstrate who's sick and who's not, regardless of uh, symptoms. It's also noteworthy here that Republicans may soon release a smaller $500 billion stimulus package that appears unlikely to gain traction with House Democrats. So we're still watching the sausage get made as far as Congress and stimulus is concerned. Um, I think there's a real wide expectation that some sort of stimulus is going to get passed. But right now, uh, we're still bickering over the details between the parties. 
I'm going to finish up here on a different subject. Uh, you know, I like to kind of pepper in some financial planning items towards the end of the podcast. Uh, but I, I think something that's worth noting, particularly if you're a business owner or, or anybody, frankly, is, is understanding that fraudulent unemployment claims are on the rise. Unemployment insurance fraud related to the COVID-19 pandemic has actually increased dramatically in many states over the past couple of months. Perpetrators use stolen, personally identifiable information, or PII, it's sometimes called, such as your social security number, your date of birth, mother's maiden name, and home address, and they use that information to complete unemployment insurance claims. So the FBI advises individuals to be on the lookout for the five following suspicious activities. First, receiving communications regarding unemployment insurance forms when you haven't applied for unemployment benefits. Uh, Two, unauthorized transactions on your bank or credit card statements related to unemployment benefits. Three, any fees involved in filing or qualifying for unemployment insurance. Four, unsolicited inquiries related to unemployment benefits. And five, fictitious websites and social media pages mimicking those of government agencies. And I can say, number five, those those fake pages you always need to be on the lookout for. But with this rise in fraudulent unemployment claims, you need to be particularly vigilant. The FBI also suggests taking the following steps to protect yourself. First, be wary of telephone calls and text messages, letters, websites, and emails that require you to provide your personal information or other sensitive information, especially birth dates and social security numbers. You always have to be cautious with attachments and embedded links in emails, especially from an unknown email sender. And I'd encourage you, don't just look at the title or the name of the sender, but actually look at the email address because you can get some spoofing going on where you might get a sender uh, and it looks like it's coming from maybe a government agency like the Social Security uh, Department, but it's actually, you know, 123482 at yahoo.com or something. It's not actually coming from the Social Security Administration. So um, that's an important thing to look at. Uh, Second, Make yourself aware of methods that fraudsters are using to obtain your personally identifiable information and how to combat them by following security tips issued by the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. So we mentioned when you're on the lookout for those suspicious activities I mentioned earlier, you need to be aware of those and then you need to also familiarize yourself with the security steps that you need to take uh, from there. Uh, Oftentimes those involve having more complicated uh, passwords and unique passwords for different websites. Your bank has needs to have a different password from your email, which needs to have a different password from, you know, your uh, newspaper subscription online, you know, having the same email across everything makes you much, much more vulnerable to being hacked. I would even encourage everybody to use a password manager where you have one strong password and that password manager uh, can be in your phone or on your computer or iPad or whatever it is that you're using to help generate unique and very secure passwords across all of the things and places that you sign into. Uh, The final suggestion from the FBI here is to monitor your bank accounts on a regular basis and request your credit report at least once a year to look for any fraudulent activity. If you think you're a victim, review your credit report even more frequently than that. It's easy to go get a free credit report annually. And, you know, we started this podcast with saying that we've got a new app that you can use to access your account. The same is true of probably wherever you bank, where you can 
click on the app, look to see what's going on, monitor your transactions. So I hope this has been helpful. You know, we, we started by covering some, some news going on with Forward Financial Group. If you, as I mentioned, if you have questions about the webinar that we had in late August, you have questions about the new Account View 2.0 and the accompanying app and getting signed up for that, let us know. You can email us at info at forwardfg.com. You can call us at 559-449-8690. And always, you can find us on the web at fordfg.com. I appreciate you listening. I look forward to talking to you next week. The advisors with Ford Financial Group are registered representatives with and securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, and SIPC. Investment advice is offered through Ford Financial Group, a registered investment advisor and a separate entity from LPL. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Stock investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. The economic forecasts set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted. Ford Financial Group and LPL Financial do not provide tax or legal advice or services. This information is not intended as a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security referred to herein. 